J&J Radio, boys and girls, we've been away for a while, but Jonathan Harper, Jason Givens, Statman and the Hammer, the Bullet, and the Pistol, whatever you want to call it. I'm, I'm making up new things on the fly. We're back. Jason Givens, how you doing today, brother? Uh, doing fantastic. Tons, this so, is the best sports time of the of the year. Yeah, NFL in full swing. You got a baseball playoffs started, and you got the NBA season less than a week away. It's just everything you need. Plus, NHL also started this week. Yeah, late October to your point. We're right, like, so today's the 12th. So we're right in the middle to heading towards the end of October. So that is 100% the sweet spot on the sports calendar. But we'll, we'll hop right into it. So we got a few things we're going to tackle today in today's show. We have uh, Draymond Green versus Jordan Poole in a death match to see who can win. The winner comes out with the uh, championship ring. Uh, we have Russell Wilson and the Broncos. What's going on with that chaos? We have the NFL going overboard with roughing the passer flags, and we also have NBA season starting up. So if you guys have been living uh, in your car with no electricity and no source of Internet and no you know sense of anything that's going on in the sports world, I'm going to catch you up with the fact that Draymond Green recently punched his teammate Jordan Poole clean in the face. Pow! Right in the kisser. So a couple of days ago, uh, they were going back and forth in practice. And like you guys know, Draymond Green talks a lot of trash. He talks trash to everyone who will listen. He talks trash on TNT. He talks trash to his teammates. He talks trash to Paul Pierce. He tells Paul Pierce, they don't love you like that. You're not Kobe. He also talks trash to the entire NBA if anybody is listening. So apparently, and, and retire Green, you. You left off retired NBA players, the retired also, NBA greats. He talks to, like I said, anybody and everybody who's listening. That is Draymond's mo. He has a podcast. He's already signed up for TNT as an active player, so he's going to slide right into his seat as soon as his playing days are over. If he's not careful, his playing days will come a little, a little quicker than he anticipated. But recently, him and Jordan Poole were in practice, and apparently, Jordan Poole says something that Draymond didn't like. So Draymond walked up to Jordan Poole in his airspace. If he was a plane, walked in his airspace. So Jordan Poole pushed him away. So Draymond Green took the push and said, pow, and gave him a clean right straight to his face. In other words, he sucker punched him right in the face. (laughs) Okay, so let's get into it. A sucker punch (laughs) is when I don't see something coming. A sucker punch is we're not fighting. I don't got my hands up. I don't warn you at all. My hands are down at my side. And suddenly (laughs) I just swing for your face in a a scenario where we're not supposed to be swinging for people's faces. It was a sucker punch. No, that's not a sucker punch. Draymond Green is a perpetual sucker kicker and puncher he's he that's that's how he feels he doesn't like you he kicks you between the legs or he tries to grab you or sucker punches you in the chin in practice jason if if i'm talking to you and we're in a heated argument and i push you away and you punch no, 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 me in my no, face so you, you're starting the story you're like this is like you know writing class is, in media ray he didn't he didn't shove him away he cleared his own space because Draymond put his whole chest and shoulders on Jordan Poole. Right. <laughs> Jordan Poole shoved him away. Draymond Green was the aggressor. He and- got into his physical. He started the physical confrontation. Jordan Poole tried to subtly solve it by no, shoving him away. Solve it. Right, because he didn't go to <laughs> swinging punches. He was like, get off me. Like any grown man would do when some other grown man gets all in your face starts spitting on your nose. you got to shove him away. And Draymond but- Green couldn't take it. If somebody pushes you away, that is code for 
it's about to go down. It's about to happen. So you better be ready. Or if you're a reasonable adult, it's a code for maybe I got a little too close to that person and I shouldn't have put my shoulders all up on their face. But if you push somebody out of your airspace, the natural reaction is not to drop your hands back down to your sides and stand there like a doofus with your chin out. And get it knocked There's off a reason why you floor. do that because you're not expecting to get sucker punched. That's what makes it a sucker punch. You could tell from from Jordan Poole's body language, he was a, not a in a position. Punch, a sucker punch is if I'm standing talking to you, having a heated conversation, and your wife just comes up and says, "Boom!" and hits me clean in my chin. That's, that's also that's also a sucker punch. Yeah, there's <laughs> different variations of it. So, so if Draymond Green had told uh, Jordan Poole. Stick your hands up. I'm about to punch you. Then it or, if he, cool. or if he put his hands up first. If he put his hands up first and was like, oh, you went too far. You shoved me? Then fine. But he didn't. He was like, you're going to shove me? Pow! Right in the kisser. Now, it's, it's interesting that that Jordan Poole, it, there's some varying reports about what he said uh, with not enough detail for us to say concretely. Uh, I'll what, say what I heard, but this is this is not for sure. <laughs> this, this, this cannot be verified from a reliable source. So this is just what I heard through the grapevine. They said he called uh, Draymond a triple single, which basically means he called him a bum. And he also said, he he also said he's going to be a triple single in the Boneyard, a.k.a. the Sacramento Kings. So I guess guess that hit a little bit too close to home for Draymond because he's on the end of his rookie. He's on the end of his Warriors deal. So I guess Draymond felt. I might actually end up in Sacramento getting triple singles in the same state, but in a very different franchise. So that, that hit him close to his core. So that, that put him over the line. It's close enough to punch somebody. I, you know what? It's, it's interesting. A video came out today of uh, Draymond Green interview or podcast where he's on record saying how he uh, was fond of Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole came into rookie camp talking trash but he respected it because he backed it up with hard work but i guess he didn't respect it that much when it was coming at the expense of his own uh, i guess when you talk about him it hit him a little too close to home on the end of his deal yeah draymond doesn't like getting hit below the belt now he knows how it feels (laughs) exactly but some of the questions i had was who released this video why was it released were the warriors okay with it being released also, if you look at the video when it goes pow right to the kisser, we need a Batman reference, a little like no one really came to Jordan Poole's defense when you look at it. Because they were shocked at the sucker punch. <laughs> <laughs> also, the video cuts off immediately. This is a thing on the internet, right? If you use any social media, right? You don't if you have a, a crazy video, up. yeah, exactly. And they're going to cut that off uh, right before it gets really interesting, right? <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, no one came, but no one was like, yo, uh, Draymond, you're tripping. You can't be punching the homie. Like, uh, yo, according, to the, according to the video, video ended half a second after the punch. <laughs> like, people hadn't had a chance to react to it yet. Um, interestingly, or, or non-interestingly, the Warriors were not going to, or quote-unquote, punish him in-house. Basically means that there's not going to be any discernible punishment for Draymond Green. Or he, though, he did levy himself a one-week vacation. So that he could. So, yeah, did Draymond say, I'm going to take some time away? Or did Kerr in the front office say, you got to go away? This is, no. this, 
when so the, the video was released, you got to go. The re- all reports that I've seen said that um, the Warriors did not send him away. It was his own uh, choice to go away. And must basically nice to assault a, a co-worker <laughs> and just take a vacation. Yeah, because, you know, he didn't want to have to deal with the media. So he was like, I'm going to go away, get in touch with myself, you know, take a leave of absence from the team. When you say he, I think the term was leave of absence, right? And then you find out that he's going to be back on Thursday. And he's not going to miss any games. So that leave of absence meaning I just wanted to get a little space between me and this event. So hopefully you guys aren't talking about it anymore. And I won't have to answer questions because I have no good answer for why I sucker punch a younger, smaller player. <laughs> well, he did come on camera and he, he he spoke at the podium and he said he wanted to apologize to his teammates. He wanted to apologize. To they got to be tired of Draymond Green apologizing for his own behavior. Well, like how many years in a row he's going to do something. Jordan Poole's parents too, because he said if he's like, I know if my mom would have saw that video, she'd have been really upset. And I'm sure Jordan Jordan Poole's mom was really. And upset. he had to apologize if, to Steve Kerr. And apologize to Kevin video, Durant. If if Draymond punched me in the face, my mom would have had to see Draymond at the practice facility. Oh, Mrs. Harper, Mrs. Harper was he, he wasn't going to be on a sabbatical. <laughs> you know, he was going to be in the hospital. Like <laughs> let Mrs. Harper uh, two minutes with him. Yeah. <laughs> But, yeah, so that was one question. Also, um, uh, like I said, what well, you said, the team didn't say go away. He just decided to go away on his own. So there's so Steve, Steve Kerr did say that this was the, the biggest the crisis his team yeah. had faced, which is crazy to me. It's the worst crisis we've ever faced, and <laughs> we're not suspending Draymond. Yeah, he's already been – he's been suspended before for kicking other players, right? Like uh, – He ran uh, KD out of town. Like, he is – He's one of the most important forces, and he's also a self-destructive force on the Warriors. So he is the definition of salt and pepper and yin and yang. You don't know if you're coming or going with Draymond. He could win you a seven-game series, or he could throw it and uh, have your team smoke a 3-1 lead. So- and a Draymond Green has an interesting value to the to the Warriors as an NBA player. When he's your third or fourth most important player, it makes a big difference. But when your first and second player go away, and now you got to ask him to be your his second or first the Kings. most important player, he is not very productive. Yeah, he, and you don't win a lot of games. No, you don't. He fell into the best situation he possibly could have coming out of Michigan State. Yeah, well, this is one of those situations. You know, uh, one of the idioms I love the most is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? You take Draymond as an individual, and you're like, this is not that impressive. But you add him to the Warriors – then that hole is all-time great. Exactly, because yeah. you can go small. You can have him bring the, bring the ball up. You can have him defend multiple people. And he's surrounded by two of the best players to ever play the game of basketball. So he doesn't have to shoot. He can have a triple single and still feel like he did a really good thing in the finals because, like you said, he's playing with the Warriors. But it'll be interesting to see that dynamic. Um, will somebody sucker punch him? Or no, actually, those are your words. They well, should punch him clean in the in the face, because sometimes sometimes people need to get punched in the face. When That's the problem. Punched, All his behavior and his constant apologies is a sign of a bully who's never been hit back. Exactly. Yeah. Somebody needs to punch him clean in his face because he does. Typically, like you said, bullies don't pick on people who are their size or bigger. They pick on the little guy, the younger guy, which is the definition of Jordan Poole. He didn't. Uh, 
he didn't go after anybody else who was he didn't go after David West back in the day. I didn't hear any stories about Boogie Cousins getting bullied by Draymond Green. <laughs> exactly. Boogie would have lumped Draymond up like Martin coming out of that back room after <laughs> So yeah, that's uh uh we're gonna see. We're it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen with that. But again, you know, the NBA, baby, it's the gift that keeps giving. Professional sports in general. Is like a 24-hour soap opera it, because of the off-court stories as well as the on-court stories. Uh, that kind of it propelled the NBA right into the limelight when the NBA is kind of like just getting started with preseason games. But Draymond said, don't worry about it. I got you, baby. I'm going to put you on the front page of the L.A. Times. Pow! Right in the kiss of Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole, make that man respect you. If you come across a screen and you don't swim all the way over it, you half swim, pow, elbow right to Draymond's lip, I won't be mad. I don't think any of you will Yeah, I mean, we, we got to wrap this topic up, but I just, <laughs> if if I were on that team, like regardless of caliber or skill, right, not saying that I'm an NBA player, but if I was on a team of anything with Draymond Green, if we were co-workers in the telecom industry and he punched me, there's going to be a fight every day. <laughs> Every day till I'm satisfied. But it's also different though, because like fighting in an NBA uh, timeout. If he was, and- if he was on our squad in in the in the adult league in the rec squad, and he punched me, we're fighting every day. You're gonna have to see me yeah. every, every day. You got you can't come back to work without fighting me. <laughs> every single day. However you want it till I'm satisfied. <laughs> like they used to say back in the day, I demand satisfaction. That would be me and Draymond Green. <laughs> oh my goodness as the world turns in the bay we're gonna we're gonna be keeping our eye on the bay but we're gonna move on so the nfl uh they've been dealing with some pretty tough injuries specifically head injuries in the last couple of weeks Tua tonga Bailoa. oh good for me i wish i had a bell to ring it because i said it correctly on the yeah side. that was a good try right there that was a good one <laughs> thank you so we all saw Tua look like he was punch drunk on a boat uh, in the in the first half of that game a couple of weeks ago, then he passed passed a concussion protocol. Came back in the second half, <clears throat> excuse me, showed no signs of a concussion through the week, and then played the following week, and then got basically knocked uh, unconscious. And what do they call it? Uh, where your hands start to make those weird like ataxia. Ta- yes, yes. So he showed basically head trauma. They had to cart him off the field. The doctor who cleared him to go into the second half of the of the first game, he looked like he got hurt, has been fired. So the NFL does what the NFL normally does or what general businesses do. When something happens uh, that kind of goes off path, they go all the way left and overcorrect it. When I say overcorrecting, now they're starting to throw roughing the, roughing the passer flags if you tackle someone. For instance, last week – uh, Tom Brady got tackled against the Atlanta Falcons. He literally got sacked, and they called roughing the passer. Fast forward to uh, Monday night, one of the Las Vegas Raiders defenders. Uh, no, I'm sorry. It was the Kansas was City the, defender. Kansas City defender. Uh, Strip sacked. <laughs> fell to the ball, fell to the ground with possession of the football. And he held, he braced himself so he wouldn't fall all the way on David Carr. He, he, uh, like you said, strip sack, recovered the fumble, and they, they were like, no, 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 you hit him entirely too hard. So they gave him a flag, and Andy Reid almost lost his top. 
as he should have. And for the remainder of that game, the Kansas City fans booed the refs every time they had to come on the mic because it was so, absolutely ludicrous. Uh, the the referee. The, so one of the interesting things that happens with the uh, um, overcorrection of the NFL. Oh no! So <laughs> in general, uh, is that the officials for NFL games can sometimes uh, go to the uh, reporting pool and explain themselves, or at least the lead official does. And um, I'm, this is not a direct quote, but essentially the lead official in the Tampa Bay game said that I had the defender grabbing the quarterback while he was in the pocket and throwing him to the ground. And so I threw the flag for roughing the passer. Grabbing the quarterback while he's in the pocket and throwing him to the ground is the literal de- description <laughs> of exactly. the job of a, of a defensive tackle. You're supposed to grab the quarterback and throw him to the ground. Like I made <laughs> a lot of money by the organization to run as fast as I can and slam my body into the man who is standing with the football to not allow him to complete a pass. These that tackles have been textbook. He, <laughs> it, the, they, they use a term in the NFL, wrap and roll. Right. right. And the, the, the idea of the wrap and roll is you're taking your helmet out of the play. You're not, spearing, you're not spearing quarterbacks. Exactly. You're not exactly. lifting them up and body slamming them. Right. You're just grabbing them. You're twisting around in a circle to toss them onto the ground. That yeah. like the, it's a wrap them up and roll and just roll down to the ground. It's exactly what you want them to do. Now, um, you compound if they're going to throw flags for that. But you can't go below the knees, can't go above the shoulders, and you can't go with Never your shoulder roll. into their yeah. shoulder, can't go with your helmet. The only thing you're allowed to do is wrap your arms around them and, just and drag them to the them. ground. And now, just hold them. Just, just hold them up. up. And, and then the they'll run. now they'll throw they'll throw the ball and it'll be a touchdown and you'll lose your job as an NFL player because you don't get sacks because you don't finish plays. Exactly, exactly. So I saw some of the some of the plays against uh, my my boy Travis Mahomes, not Travis Mahomes boy. I just I just merged two of the best players on the Chiefs, not Travis Kelsey and not Patrick Mahomes. I I merged them into one player. <laughs> but but it's uh, a Patrick Mahomes, they I saw some, one of the guys from the Raiders wrapped him up and just stood there until the ref the, 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 called the play dead. So I'm like, is that what we're doing now? We're just going straight to flag football where it's like, I can't throw you to the ground. So I'm just going to give you a bear hug and hopefully I can hold you long enough. And if you play the numbers, right, that's a safer play, right? Because whatever he's going to get off with with you wrapped around is probably not going to be 15 yards, which is what you're going to give up for the ref and the passer call and a first down. That's basically damn near what you do in practice when the quarterbacks have the red jerseys on. You get close to them and you give them a big bear hug and the play stops. So we're we're moving closer to practice with quarterbacks than we are. In two hand game. touch, two hand touch. If you can touch a quarterback with two hands, he's down. It's Give him a flag. Give them flags and have everybody else play tackle. Just have them in the pocket with. If two that's going to be the play, yeah, it, it's just a it had, and and it's a it's an overreaction. And, and another interesting dynamic of this uh, particular overreaction is that the NFL actually changed rules about spotting and uh, head trauma and protocol. Mm-hmm. So you 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 for if they see any form of uh like loss of a gross loss of motor skill right so if you look wobbly wobbly you you're ataxia your head. you yeah, shake your head you're, you're out the game going on. yeah you're out you're at the game no there's no level of testing to get you back in the game right so that there's that that's what the NFL did according to these refs 
the they NFL did not direct them. Yeah, they did not. They weren't directed by the NFL to call the game any differently, and that's a problem too. Is if they were calling the game adequately to begin with, and they decided to change on their own, they're just going rogue. You can't just change yeah. the dynamics of the NFL. On, so the, on your right, own. yeah. So the refs have too much control over football games. Is what they're <laughs> telling you is that we could always just change the game whenever we want. Yeah, we don't like the way you're playing, so we're going to start throwing flags. And also, I heard somebody was saying every they they should start uh, reviewing these plays. You can't review everything because reviews start to become oh no, just so you drawn out. So I don't, you don't can't review everything. But I think, and I, and I didn't agree with taking away the review for pass interference because pass interference is called so poorly in the NFL with early contact or negligible contact being called. But um, you just make it another. Every play could be reviewable, I, I feel, and, and all the, the parameters around the review are the same, that the coach can use a review flag. If he has a timeout, they can use a review, and if you get the review in your favor, you lose your, you, you get to keep your timeout. just add this one to the existing rule. Yeah, every play. So it's like college. <laughs> just like college. Every you can well, In college, I, I you can review every thing. single play, and, and, and it costs you a timeout. So it doesn't make yeah, the game any longer yeah. shoulder, and you can't it do it in the last two minutes. I see what you're saying. It doesn't really uh, stretch out the game because you only have a finite un- amount of reviews. Yeah, you still only have your six timeouts, right? So, yeah. you know, you can do one in the first half and one in the second half, and you get both right. You get a third review, right? Because it makes sense. You shouldn't right. have to lose, you know, some dynamic of your control over the game because you found the refs to be wrong twice in a row, right? So you get a third review uh, if you get two right. Um, but just review it. The problem is that it's a subjective call. Right. And you're going to ask this person oftentimes to, to be subjective about themselves. Yeah. yeah exactly. So so the decision for the review should be, be made. Booth. Yeah. Or in New York. Right. Is that what New they York. do today? Is yeah. that someone else comes back and tells them if their call was but right don't or wrong? They look in that little monitor. So what the hell are these refs looking at? I so there's, there's multiple there's multiple dynamics of the review, I think, where the mm-hmm. official can look at it or they can get buzzed down from New York. Like I like the quick review. Right. Like they you know, that wasn't a first down. Yeah. So, so there's horrible. a so someone can buzz them down and just be like, yeah, that was a first down, and then they don't right. have to they don't have to go over to the monitor and look at or it. Or if they do go to the monitor, it's like a small little monitor, and I feel like they've tried to pick up the pace a lot because it used to yes. be like two and three minutes last year and the year before that. Like, what is happening? Yeah, the NFL officials they they the NFL tries to change the game a lot and to make it better. Some yeah. of the things they get right, some of them they don't. They have to try them again. But one thing is that they have tried to make officiating better. Absolutely. Um, there's a dynamic that's always Baseball been interesting to me. Pay attention to the NFL. Yes. They've, they've tried to change and make things quicker, more efficient. And the fans appreciate that because people love football. Yeah. Here's something I'm going to say for our, our listeners, and it's going to ruin watching NFL games for you because you're not going to be able to uh, ignore this. The I NFL, a couple of seasons ago, go, gave, <laughs> they gave all the refs, but they're not going to be able to unsee this, but they gave all the refs microphones and headsets, radios, just like the team has. So the team the coach and someone in the booth, they can talk to the quarterback. The officials can talk to each other on mics and they gave them these headsets so that they don't all have to run across the field to huddle up in a little circle to talk to each other. You just tap your headset like a walkie talkie and you tell them what your call is. I got false starter number 78, right? Cool. They do the hand signal. They say it into the microphone. The uh, head official hears it, makes the call. 
They give them those headsets, yet they still run over to each other, have a little huddle, and then they have to run back to their positions. I was like, guys, just give the headsets back. <laughs> You're not going to use them. It's so annoying to watch them all wearing these headsets to allow them to communicate across the field, but they still rush to huddle. I think they, they huddle up because it's still easier to communicate in a group like that setting where I can physically see you and we can all chime in versus having a bunch of different voices. But then, but it takes time. And then the players try to get in the middle of the huddle and argue their point. Like the, the idea as a, as a person who loves <laughs> logistics, I think the, the idea of allowing them to just speak into their headset um, instead of running across the field to make the call, because they're running across the field and making the physical call, right? The false start sign or the holding sign well, that's at the us. same time. That's for us, and that's for the that's for the people in the booth. No, no, so, oh, so no, so so the person, the first person, right? The 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 head official still announces it later with the signal. Like it's oh. it's weird. Well, I it's think just, there's a lot of waste of time there, too, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like you said, it it could be a little. They can cut the fat a little bit, but you know they're they're constantly tweaking and and trying to make it better. I you love know, efficiency. Make it more efficient. Shave you know, like thirty seasons? seconds off the game. <laughs> in a four-hour game, that thirty seconds. Yeah. <laughs> you know who else needs to be more efficient and do a better job? The Denver Broncos. <laughs> because oh, Wilson, the Denver Broncos. He is not cooking right now. To use Jason Statman, he is ordering takeout. He's got yeah. He's on, door, he's on DoorDash. He's not. <laughs> he's not cooking. Uh, all the delivery services right now because he is not cooking, and it was just reported recently that he has a torn lat, which is like a, it's like a back muscle, I guess you would say. It's, yes. it's under your shoulder. It's kind of like your shoulder and your back attachment. But I, I talked to one player in the NFL. He was like, oh, I think that's BS. I think it's real convenient when they released that he has a torn lat because if the Broncos were four and zero, would they be like, oh yeah, Russ is hurt? No, right? You wouldn't because it gives an unfair advantage to your opponent to tell him that your your quarterback's hurt to one side or the other side, and you can load up on that side or try to force him out of the pocket to in one direction or the other. Um, so it's not convenient, or you typically wouldn't do it if you're winning. But when you're losing and you're trying to save face, exactly. it's important for them to know <laughs> that he doesn't look the same as he used to look and because he's playing with a trash right now yeah right one of his biggest assets yeah he's less accurate the further down the field um which is the opposite of russell wilson right like you expect uh someone referred to it i think as a moon ball right he throws beautiful deep passes he isn't able to do now it makes a a lot of sense if the muscles now the the muscles (laughs) the muscles he's used to throw those balls is torn right Right. Or some of that muscle group is torn. And that also could explain why he's not willing to run and move outside of the pocket after week two when he said in the press conference about him moving left and, and how good he looked moving left. But um, they said that this injury occurred in the second week. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, was it in the second week? Second or third, third week? week, yeah. Something yeah, like but it occurred in the first half of the game, and he played the rest of that game in the following game with his torn muscles, which won't require surgery, but they just all want you to know that's why his passing doesn't look good. So here now... Is um, but they got bigger the issue. issues. They got they got clock management, right? So, so yeah, yeah. So all of that stuff. That young coach, he's bringing in additional staff to try to handle those things. That's yeah, they fine. Got some first retired coach off the street, like in the middle of the season, like, hey, come in and help me run the clock. Yeah, just teach what me some of those things. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you got to learn. Everybody has to learn sometime, right? So he's he's. I, so I don't fault him for. I I think it's good that he's willing to say, yeah, I need help on this and bring the help in, right? Instead of just continuing to fail at it. Um, That's so, fair. 
So but making a change you do last year when you were the offensive coordinator in Green Bay, you calling had plays. no clue of what the clock so, was doing? Yeah, someone else was managing the clock, right? He was calling the plays, uh, which were throw the ball to Devontae Adams 75% of the time. So a lot of play calling me, going on. So that's like me being an assistant coach at Dorsey, and then I get the head job for the Lakers. And I'm like, hey, uh, Jason, I don't really know how to do these, this whole timeout thing. Do you mind coming from uh, Verizon and help me call timeouts? You're like, what do you mean you don't know how to do timeouts? What the hell are you talking about? Oh, no, no. I know I've been working in professional sports, but I don't know how to do this whole clock no, management so, timeout thing. Yeah. I, like, if you're going to, I like equate it to, <laughs> equate it to like other jobs, right? Like, you can he be was excellent. In that industry. He was in the industry, right? But you can be excellent at your job. But when you get promoted, you take on additional responsibilities that you didn't have before. So you need to right? do a better job of yeah. So then. so he was the he was the offensive, offensive coordinator. coordinator, right? So he didn't and Matt maybe was Matt, Matt Lafleur was the one who got to decide: are we going to go forward or not going forward Time on management. fourth clock down, management. right? Clock management, right? Like he has the the whole umbrella. And maybe Lafleur had a guy. Maybe he called Matt and said, "Hey, how do I do this?" He said, "Oh, there was this guy. You didn't know what he did. That's what he did, right? <laughs> like who knows, <laughs> right? That dynamic. But he's gotten advice. He's taking it so he'll figure that piece out but i think the piece he really needs to figure out if russell wilson is injured <laughs> then you got to do something different like run the football or right like he backup? can't throw the ball deep downfield <laughs> <laughs> or or who's his backup that's another thing you might need to pick up when your quarterback is injured to the point where you're saying it's affecting this play do you really how does the backup feel right this guy has torn throwing muscles. I'm going to just lump them in all in this big group. There's torn throwing muscles, and they would still rather have him throw the football than bring me in as the backup. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's the same thing. It's like uh, if I'm playing DB and I have five broken fingers and they just wrap my head. And they got you in a club? How <laughs> bad is my backup? <laughs> yeah. They're like, get out there with a the club on the hands team. Right? We saw that a couple of weeks ago. Someone with a club on the hands team. Was it in college? I, no, I think it was in the pros. It was in the I pros, said, yes. I've seen it all. I've seen somebody on the hands team with one hand. Yeah, they were <laughs> like, yeah. You're back up. Like, with two hands, you couldn't you couldn't <laughs> feel this ball. So we're going to leave this guy in. Turn in your uniform. Keep your cleats. Give me your helmet. <laughs> and we'll, we'll have all your stuff in a big trash bag at the end of the day, like they do when they cut you on hard knocks. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Denver needs to put it together because uh, their fans—they were leaving at the end of regulation when the game was going over. <laughs> they had no hope to win that game. <laughs> They're like, "Oh, they tied it up. We better leave now. Let's beat the traffic." Beat the traffic in Denver, where I don't think there's a lot of traffic. They just didn't want to see the rest of that game. And that. Might so I will say this: I spent a week in Denver last week. Okay. The few fans that I got to talk to, as I was out on a Sunday. Um, market research. I like it. Yeah. It, the fans are Denver has good fans. They, they um, roll with their team. They roll with their team, right? Like they, they're not getting the Bronco start country. that they expected. Yeah. But they're ready to go. Um, <laughs> Bronco country needs to take a back seat for a few weeks. So they start <laughs> winning a few more games. Les ride needs to saddle up and stay in the stable. Cause they're not riding <laughs> anywhere right now. <laughs> But the fans are optimistic. Like they're they're gonna keep coming out. I, they were disappointed. Uh, yeah, a lot of them left like early. They're not like uh, who's horrible right now. Uh, they're close to horrible, but they're not horrible. Who's like horrible? Like uh, Philly fans. I'm always gonna default to Philly fans are horrible. <laughs> no, uh, I meant I meant like teams. Everybody has oh. won at least one game at this point, right? Nobody's still winless. 
I think the Raiders are like one in four or one in five. They yeah, so the Raiders <laughs> are interesting, right? Because uh, they're not looking like they looked last year, although they, they, they recently got a new coach. They had to turn things over. They're and in the a tough division. Last year. But stop in all league. three, all four of their losses are within one score. Yeah, they were That's, in games. They weren't like they – they weren't looking bad. They just – like they should have beat Kansas City on Monday night, but they didn't. So I guess right. they have just, there's optimism there. again, right? A first year head coach, not a first year head coach. He's head coach before, but he hasn't for a while. Right. But you figure out some of those key things to do late in games um, that will, you know, turn your season around, right? I, I think it was interesting that they didn't keep the interim coach in Las Vegas, considering how well they did last year. He's the uh, after firing Gruden. Special teams. Co- he's a special teams coach in Green Bay now. Yeah. So we'll see the Raiders. Like uh, they're one and four, they still might win eight or nine games just because the seasons the the schedule softens up and they've been in close in a lot of these games and eventually the close start games some of them yeah. start go your way. Yeah, they got uh, you know good weapons. You know they can get it done. They rushed for one hundred and fifty four yards the other day. Yeah, they're running all over KC. Hopefully Waller can get uh can get healthy because like you said they played KC right down to the nail. Um, I guess it would be the nail or. Right down to the end, and one the of wire. Best, you know, they had wire, they had a seventeen. Was it a seventeen to zero lead or seventeen three yeah, lead? Darren Waller was like in street clothes watching the game. Yeah, like us. they just need to they just need to finish games and they'll be fine. Exactly. But no, yeah. So you know who's awful though? Um, the Houston, the Texans are awful. We expected them to be awful. You know who else is awful? But the that, Steelers are awful. The Steelers stink. They stink just as bad as that cameraman who acted like. <laughs> <laughs> who acted like Devontae Adams uh, uh, assaulted him. That's who else, is, who else is awful. He's trying to get a check. If you're listening, cameraman, you should be ashamed of yourself. Actually, I don't even think you are a cameraman. You are like a grip guy. You're below the cameraman. You're just walking across the field. And people don't understand this. When a football player has their helmet on, they're looking through a small triangle. And he also, if you, there's like a, there's two main angles. There was one angle behind Devontae Adams where it shows that the guy kind of like popped up right to his immediate Yeah, left. like the guy like, oh, didn't realize that 53 football players are going to be coming off the field into the, the tunnel. Exactly. And so he's like, now's a good time to run across their short, small field of vision with this equipment with this and get in their face. Pole. <laughs> and, and they worry about people getting up on them in their face, right? The Rams just had it happen to them last week. Someone ran on the field and was running all up and down the sideline. And right. um, Bobby Wagner went ahead and took care of that for security. And, then, and that was <laughs> he's also was, getting charges <laughs> pressed against him. Uh, that was one of the best tackles he's made all year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. that was a low blow. <laughs> I mean, uh, where's the lie? But yeah, that was cold, man. I don't. I, hopefully, that dude he fell down, and the security man helped him up. But then all of a sudden, he called the paramedics. He went to the hospital, and then he files a police report. He has a he, migraine. So if someone, if you like, he 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 fell down after he got shoved. He saw he didn't hit his head, and that caused him a concussion. Like I hope, <laughs> like I, I said this before. I hope the judge doesn't throw this out. I hope the judge lets him go to court. And that Devontae Adams hires some high-powered, expensive lawyer, and then Absolutely. he countersues that guy for legal fees. And another guy owes $78,000 for this nonsense of a lawsuit. Frivolous exactly. lawsuits are terrible. Absolutely. It's absolutely also, true. don't shove people. True. It's easy but enough. It Keep yourself true. out of trouble. But if, if I just came off of a football field and I should have won, but my teammate ran and damn near tackled me on accident, Hunter Winfrey will get it together. You're a little bit upset. 
you've been training your whole week for this moment and you had that chance to, you know, take it to the take it to the house and then pow, your your teammate tackles you, you're what, one and four on the season, it's not going as planned, and then some cameraman runs across you. You're like, yo, get out of my way. Yeah, that, I mean part of like a, it's a quick it's a quick decision. Part of the job is reining in the emotions, right? During the game and they're not robots now, though. Not after the game, but not robots. It's also why they're given, like, what is it, 10 minutes to cool down. They don't go straight from, like, the field to the podium. There's a cool down period for that exact reason. But, yeah, don't shove people unless uh, you play basketball with them and you can punch them, apparently, right? (laughs) In the NBA, (laughs) you can shove and punch. NFL is not okay. And well, NFL, you're not even allowed to toggle the quarterback. <laughs> you can't you just, just go around shoving fans. You just can't <laughs> shove a bunch of camera people, apparently, who run on, who run on the field. Yeah. Uh, with, with, with blue, what was it? Was It was like blue ink last week, wasn't it, at the Rams game? A red spray or paint or uh, fog or something. Exactly. But anyways, the NBA season is about to start. So some of the big games coming up we have on Tuesday – I'm going to go down the list real quick. We have the 76ers at the Celtics, Lakers at the Dubs, Dubs being the Warriors. And then on Wednesday, we have Knicks, um, Grizzlies. There's a bunch of different games. So from that first, uh, I guess you would say, week of games, Jay, will you be watching NBA hardcore like I think I know you will? Oh, absolutely. I'm right now, I'm looking, <laughs> I'm looking and I see – so Sixers, Celtics, Lakers, Dubs. Like you got to watch it because it's opening night. And, and Tuesday night watch because there's no NFL. Right. Going to watch Dallas and the Suns. Got to see who the L train come through. Phoenix, you know, they got to get better every year. They just, This is a great matchup. They put them out the playoffs last year in a major upset. So you got to watch that. And then the Bucks and the 76ers, you know, you got to see where the Bucks are after a disappointing playoffs and the 76ers after a disappointing last 20 years you got to see how they're going <laughs> to shape up for this season um we all know the- that Giannis is going to go for like 40 20 and 47 <laughs> in philly on that on that thursday night yeah and then also on thursday you got the clippers at the lakers you got um the countdown to when Kawhi leonard starts missing games again uh, and Paul George, and then the countdown to win. Anthony Davis starts missing games again. So that like is a great, a great betting game if if you can find some sort of prop bet, you can bet how and many consecutive games those guys play. And we're also betting Thursday. on how many over and under uh, games LA fans are actually going to be able to watch for the for the Lakers this year, since they have that awful. Time <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you gotta you gotta watch all these games because you might not be able to see the Lakers again for three months. <laughs> exactly. They'll show got, us opening night, so they'll give us Tuesday and Thursday, and then they might be off TV for the next six months here in L.A., unless yeah. it's like a Sunday afternoon game at, uh, at Staples in the white uniforms. I'm sorry, not Staples, at the Crypto. Yes, uh, Crypto Arena, Crypto.com. It'll be Staples for me for a little while. Um, <laughs> so in yeah. the same week, you got the Celtics and the Heat, great matchup. You got Denver and Golden State. They got um, Denver is going to be back up to full strength, uh, and they're going to be a problem. Now, with Jamal Murray hurt. back in the lineup. My eyes hurt already. On Saturday, they have the Spurs at the 76ers. They might as well put that on tape delay. Jesus crickets. Who's going to watch that? <laughs> yeah, I don't even know the, game, that the, the game has to be played eventually, right? So <laughs> so no one's watching that Saturday Ooh. evening. The late Mama's game, cousins though, and Memphis, uncles. That's the only people going to be watching that game. Memphis and Dallas. So that's that's like a that's like a hammer game. That's all you right there. 
Uh, you got your Grizz going up against the L train, which the I think he reluctantly got on eventually. And then the, <laughs> the, the Suns and the Clippers. Clippers were intriguing because no one knows what the Clippers are because and it's still early uh, in the season. They're not hurt yet. So yeah. give, give us some time. So they're, they're going to be really intriguing. I think some of the GMs picked them either first or second to come out the West this year, but we know that's not going to happen. Yeah. I can tell you where those GMs, GMs work. Like, <laughs> Uh, they they work in Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. But they are intriguing if they can manage to stay healthy. But unfortunately, we've seen over the last couple of years, Paul George can't seem to put a full season together. And we know Kawhi is not going to put a full season together. I think the last time he's played a full season was like maybe his early on in San Antonio. Oh, what are we calling a full, full season? The most games he's ever played was like 75 or so. so oh, my goodness. So if that's a full season, that was in San Antonio. Because I mean, when when they traded for him in L.A., he already said, "I have a bad knee." So he came in like, "Hey, I'm I'm only working part time, baby," and they <laughs> they accepted part time work with full time pay. I mean, that's a sweet gig to me, but I'm not writing the checks. So uh, I feel like Steve Ballmer is going to want to blow this thing up if they can't pull it together this year because he wants to win because he has a new stadium being built as we speak. They're breaking ground. They have the pylons in the earth in Inglewood, so they need to pull this together. Uh, for the I cannot wait till one day <laughs> I go to a Rams game or a Chargers game at SoFi at 1 p.m., and then I walk across the parking lot and go see an NBA game in the evening at 6 p.m. It's going to be amazing. A, fr- a friend of mine works in that complex, and she was saying, like, when they finish all of what's being built over there, it's going to be amazing because there's condos, there's shopping, there's restaurants. Like you said, it's the new Intuit. I think it's the Intuit Arena or Dome, whatever it's being called. And you know it's going to be grade A, high level, because it's built in the ground, and it's going to be the newest arena in the NBA. So it's going to be amazing, to your point. You yeah, and Steve Ballmer has uh... – Unlimited funds. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. He's like, so he oh. can afford to build whatever he wants. Yeah. I'm tired of playing in this house. He's going to build my own, my own money. That's, that's a boss move. Yeah. And in order to build his own, his own money, you got another sleazy NBA owner. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to build another arena. There. He's like, I'll buy that too. Right. <laughs> that's, that's, that's how much of a baller Steve Bomber is. No, exactly. No pun intended there. Yeah. He's like, shut your mouth. I'll buy the old forum. You guys keep doing your little concerts there. And I'll just build my other thing next to it on this big plot of land. That's the boss. Oh, yeah. So, so, yeah, add a dynamic to that. So, we got to see a football game in the morning, walk across, see an NBA game, and then late night, hit up and see a concert. (laughs) Just stay in that general vicinity all day from like 10 a.m. to 12 o'clock that night. Yeah. (laughs) It'll be amazing. Exactly. Well, I think that'll wrap it up for us. I I feel like this is a good good episode. Yeah. So, two more things that are bothering me. I want to get off. So, (laughs) Odell... Tell him why you mad. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's grieved. He, he's grieved. Aaron is grievance about Odell not being Beckham satisfied. Jr. Yeah, he, he's not satisfied with the contract that the Rams offered him. Right. Um, you should always want more money, no matter what your job is. So Absolutely. if you're Steve Ballmer, you should say that you're not getting paid enough for what you're doing. <laughs> exactly. um, but Odell helped him Odell. Win a ring, and he was going to be the Super Bowl MVP until he blew a tire. But go ahead. He was there for like nine games. He helped him win an. He was. He helped him win a ring. He absolutely did contribute to them winning a championship. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and he didn't play in the second half, right? And again, they were down in the second half, right? Because they didn't have all their weapons. He uh, a lot. He does not have run flat tires. He blows a lot of tires. 
without contact. He gets injured while running down the field. He's a wide receiver. His job is to run down the field, and you're hurt everywhere you go, New York or Cleveland or the Rams, and it's year after year, and teams are not going to offer a wide receiver who can't run safely down the field a big, huge deal, right? Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill and uh, Cooper Cup, these guys are getting these huge deals because they're reliable. And as talented as Odell Beckham is, as talented as any of them, he's not as reliable as them. And so well, he shouldn't Cooper be surprised. Remember Cooper, Cooper, Cush, Cooper Rush, Cooper, Cooper Cup. Cup. He blew a tire and missed like four games, right? He missed the end of that season and the Super Bowl, and that got Jared Goff fired, right, because they couldn't score in the Super Bowl. They didn't have their best weapon. <laughs> yeah, but, um, but he's cooking it. That was like four years ago, right? And he yeah. hasn't missed games since then. True. I mean, he's been fantastic. He's become like Odell misses every game, yeah. Every year Odell misses games, every single year. That's and tough. that's tough. And when he was the number one wide receiver in the NFL, like the guys who are at the top now are not, they were not. When, at, when, when he, with, when he was the number one wide receiver in the NFL, we don't have enough time to really get into this, but I don't think that there was ever a time he was the number one receiver. No, 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 receiver. no, no, no. When, when Eli was on his way out, Odell was a bad man. And he was, Eli was left, he the best wide receiver in the NFL? It was arguable. You, it was a conversation. Nobody's saying he's arguably one of the best now because okay. one, he's older and two, he's had a bunch of injuries. That's fair. Because like we said, some people, unfortunately, some people's bodies just are not made for the job that they're in. Yeah. Like if, if I was a mechanic and my hands cramped, I'd be a pretty crappy mechanic because I can't work on cars because my hands keep cramping. So we're wishing the best. It'll be interesting to see if he's going to sign in Buffalo, though, because, you know, Von Miller, who's a bad man coming off that edge, that's his boy. And he's been recruiting him to come to uh, to Buffalo. And Buffalo has weapons. Uh, if you paired him with Diggs, um, it would be tough for, you know, seven games. Eight <laughs> games? Less than mm-hmm. half a season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, so he, that's the thing. He's injured right now, so he can't even play more than eight games because he's not going to be healthy for several weeks. <laughs> <laughs> so he's literally – somebody's just going to basically – they're going to do the same thing with the Rams. You get him for half the season, and you hope you make a run, and then you tell him good luck and uh, send him on his way. That's exactly. what I, I. That's what uh, I heard. Aaron Rodgers been has been you know making calls to try to get him to Green Bay, which I think will be a great place for him to go, considering Green Bay does not have a number one wide receiver right now. I think it'd be a good landing spot for him. <clears throat> but Green Bay's defense also has to learn how to stop people, so that's a whole other discussion. But anyways. You want to add anything on the way out, Jay? No, just everybody uh, stay tuned to your favorite uh, Major League Baseball team. I'm sure that uh, (laughs) the the baseball commissioner and the owners, probably all 30 of the owners, are just praying for this collision course between the Dodgers and the The New York Yankees um, to have uh, the Dodgers and their powerhouse going against the Yankees and Aaron Judge, who just had one of the greatest seasons in baseball history. history. Um, To have the two of them go seven games in the the, uh, World Series would be amazing. World Series. And it's also the the number – that's the number one and number two biggest markets in the country. So – the media frenzy would be amazing. Baseball needs that like no other. That would be their lifeline because I feel like it's on life support slowly but surely in terms of viewership. Mind you, players are still getting paid, but in terms of viewership and popularity, they really need that shot in the arm to uh, to boost it up because right now baseball is below NBA, NFL, college football. Ooh, I don't even know more people watch baseball than the UFC now on a, on a monthly basis. Oh, they absolutely so, do. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's on every day of the year, I feel oh, like. Because, because it's, it's on for free. Yeah. yeah if the UFC just, was free, <laughs> people would be watching it. But yeah, it's 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 nowhere near what it was 20 years ago. And it needs a shot in the arm like when uh, Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire had that amazing summer. So like uh, you, you just invoked their names. Are part of the reason why <laughs> why it, it dwindled a little bit. But I will say this: Aaron Judge is doing great things for shot it. Shot it to the top of the charts. Remember, they were featuring Sammy Sosa. They were doing cut-ins to their at bats. You're that right. Was like baseball's peak over the last twenty years. So that, that's what I was reminded of when Aaron Judge, um, who had a rough go of it his last fourteen games, trying yeah. to get sixty-one and sixty-two yeah, home runs. Uh, but uh, those cut-ins reminded me back. Back then, of when they were cutting in uh, during the Sosa and Bonds days, as uh, so those guys were going to set the, they were on like um, the Today Show on Good Morning America. They were like mainstream <laughs> happening. Like people, the uh, parks were being sold out. It was an amazing time for baseball, and then it came crashing back down to earth. Yeah, I, I'll tell I you this. Were, <laughs> I was at I was working at ESPN when um, Barry Bonds hit was a seventy two or seventy three. I remember that. Go ahead. Yeah. So the Yankees better win this World Series. Going to need that money to pay Aaron Judge. <laughs> this man's <laughs> going to get paid when this season is over by somebody. And that's what happens when a player bets on himself and he wins. But he can also bet on himself and lose. But It's happened time and time again. Absolutely. Because he could have been uh, Schroeder, but instead he's Aaron Judge. So uh, good for him. He's going to make a ton of money. And they might pay him a ton of money across the street in the Bronx. Not in the Bronx, but... Um, where do they say the Mets play? I don't, you I don't, I don't put me know. Put me on the like spot. Is it MetLife Stadium? No, I don't know New York lingo, like how they call it, like the Bronx Bombers and all that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Up like the L train or whatever they call it. My point being is the Mets might come in and pay him more money because they're Met, the Mets owner wants to win, and he's about writing checks. Yeah. And they start short. So. At City Field is, is where the Mets play, by the way. City Field, absolutely. Yeah. So, or he might come to the Dodgers because you know we pay for everything. So, the the Dodgers. Did you just say we and the Dodgers in the same sentence? I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> I know we better pull it together and win on Friday in San Diego. <laughs> I know that much. <laughs> we better get our act together. That's, exactly. that's right. I uh, can't leave ten players stranded in a two run game. And you can't have the number one record in your in the uh, was the National League and then get smoked in the first round of a five round of a, of a five game series. That just that's just unacceptable. Yeah, they're no, yeah, they're they're gonna be fine. Hugh Darvish is a good Hugh Darvish is a good uh, pitcher. I mean, you know, the, the the Dodgers did well to score on him. They just gotta keep those other guys uh, in check, and, and they like will said, be. This is, it's a quick little road trip right down south, so it's not like they have to fly across the country to play uh, the next couple of games. So yeah, right, Boogie Betts, Trey Turner, if you guys need a ride, well, I'll take you guys down in the EV. It'll be a nice uh, trip in the carpool lane. Maybe you can get no stress because they uh they were struggling a little bit this afternoon. <laughs> Boogie Best pulled it together. He got a, he he got his act together eventually, but he yeah. had a rough start to the playoffs. But he comes through when it counts. Exactly. I, I count on him when the pressure's on. <laughs> I don't know if we go through our text message threads. I don't know if you, I don't know if he came through. <laughs> Those messages were from before the hit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys and girls, thanks for listening. You guys have a good day, good night, good afternoon, good morning at work, wherever you listen to us. Again, we really appreciate it. Make sure you guys log on and subscribe, jandjradio.com. Uh, we also have an Instagram that's being built, so we're going to add that to the collection. So, again, we really appreciate your time, your energy, and your listen and tell everybody you know 
this brand new podcast has been around for years. It is where you need to get all your sports updates. Again, Jonathan Harper along with Jason Gibbons. We really appreciate it. You guys take care.